What is up, golf addicts? Thank you for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast presented by Roto Grinders. Rotogrinders.com is the place for all the tools needed to dominate your DFS contest. We have got another great episode for you this week, aiming to make all your screens green and provide a few laughs along the way. If you enjoy what we do, support our efforts by going to the tourjunkies.net website and buying some TJ gear from our new shop. We've worked hard on it and we're proud of the new site and swag. So one last thing before we get into this week's content, our podcast gains more traction on iTunes when our faithful listeners like you take just a moment to leave us an iTunes review. If you've not already, please take just a second and leave us that honest iTunes review. We would appreciate it. Thanks again for hitting the download button on this week's episode and enjoy the show. What is up, golf addicts? David and Pat with the Tour Junkies bringing you another strategy podcast. We're excited to have uh, a guy who's definitely made a name for himself in the DFS injury uh, injury industry, both in uh, PGA and, and a few other sports as well. Um, joining us from Utah, our buddy Derek Farnsworth of Roto Grinders, uh, also known as at RG underscore Notorious on Twitter. And if you run into Notorious on DraftKings, watch out because dude will take your money. What is up, Derek? How you doing, man? No, I'm doing good. I've uh, been listening to the podcast for a while, so I'm uh, definitely excited to be on. Uh, I feel like a celebrity or something. Wow. Wow, that's very nice of you, Derek. That's That may be the most flattering thing any guest has ever has ever said to us. We appreciate that. And it wasn't <laughs> even that flattering, so the bar is pretty low, and, and we, we appreciate that. Thank you, man. Um, oh, yeah, you guys uh, have the, the best uh, guests, bar none. So, uh, well, yeah, I always love tuning in every week. Yeah, thanks, man. We appreciate it. Uh, and as always, you know, the podcast brought to you by Roto Grinders. Um, listen, the the premium membership is where it's at. I know my favorite new tool that, that I've been playing around with here lately is the lineup builder. A little, uh, little lineup builder is always a good a good thing. Derek, uh, I know you're a big Roto Grinders guy. So um, obviously the, the sharps know where to go, and that's rotogrinders.com. So check them out. And let's get started, man. You are, you know, we talked to you earlier in the season about, you know, in particular cash games and you tend to do really well in cash games uh, for the PGA. I'm, I'm sure you do others and, and GPPs and, and things like that. We had Justin Van Zuden of Roto Grinders on the show a couple of weeks ago talking about GPPs, but today we want to focus on cash plays. So let's start off right, you know, right at the beginning. Where do you start formulating your cash lineups for the week, Derek? So do you have like a particular price point that you like to start at or build from? You know, where do you scroll when the prices roll out? What's your what's your action? Yeah, I mean, so it always depends on, you know, the type of event that it is, whether it's a no-cut event, a major, or, you know, just a regular uh, event that has a pretty large cut. Uh, I usually like to start, you know, kind of, you know, at the top, looking at, uh, you know, the top guys, see what their prices are. And then, uh, you know, I start with my projections and all that uh, to cipher through who my favorite value plays are. Um but yeah, I mean, it just depends. I mean, some of the majors, you know, they have some of the softer pricing, so you can get, uh, you know, some better value plays in the eight to nine k range. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it really just depends week to week. So, okay, so you mentioned that that it's different depending on majors. That was actually another question that um, we were going to ask. I'll just go ahead and ask it. So, how does your approach differ 
in a cash game when it's a major versus a regular tour event and even these WGC events, these no cut events, uh, is there any difference for you when you're picking a cash game? So I think the main difference is just the, you know, the quality of lineup that you can make uh, in a major, Uh, you know, with the, with the number of great players that are, you know, playing in the field, there's going to be a lot of uh, softer pricing. uh, And so you can get a nice lineup uh, without going stars and scrubs. I mean, obviously you're going to want to look through and see uh, if there are any standout value plays, but uh, in general, I just try to uh, take, you know, my favorite six guys. Uh, I want them to all make it through the cut, uh, and especially in a major, I typically like to lean, you know, in the eight to nine k range because you guys, you have guys like you know Brooks Kepka, Hideki yeah. Matsuyama, they're always uh, you know underpriced a little bit uh, in the majors. So I always like starting my cash games with those type of players, and then uh, for the WGC events, it's a little bit different. You know, I tend to. Um, scale back my bankroll a little bit just because without a cut i feel like some of my edge is gone and so uh, i think uh it's a good thing to scale back your bankroll especially you know heading into like some of these playoff events agree okay so so confirmation there pat we've been doing it right that that's what we've done so notorious said that's what to do so that's what we do (laughs) um Okay, so you also I noticed how you answered my question when I talked to you about when I asked you about where you start your uh, where you start picking your players either bottom, top, middle, and and you you must be a man of the process because you didn't really answer the question. You said first you're going to get into your stats and your research. So are you disciplined when the prices come out? Are you one of these guys who just starts making lineups and then you kind of come back to it and you tinker, or do you do you check the prices, pull up your your tools? And, and and do your research and then build lineups. Um, so what are the what are the tools that you that you use, the stats that you like to use, and how does that research look for you? Yeah, so for me it's a little bit of both, a little bit of tinkering, and then uh, you know I always got to start with the research. But uh, so yeah, I always like to start you know when the lineups or when the salaries come out, uh, you know I'll go through them on my phone. But I won't start making lineups until uh, I have all my research done. Uh, in terms of the types of stats that I like to target. Um, you know, it's really hard to decipher which ones apply to each course. If you listen to different podcasts, you guys and a bunch of others around the industry, it seems like everyone has different stats that they like to use and target. Uh, I'm more of a fan of the strokes gained, uh, you know, some of these new stats. Uh, strokes gained tee to green is always the most predictive, in my uh, opinion. But then you have strokes gained approach and around the green and uh, off the tee now, uh, which come into play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it just, you try to match, you know, the type of player that you're looking for to the course. And, uh, you know, it's kind of more of an art than a science at this point. So what's, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot here. You got a question, Pat? No, I was just going to say, I like to hear that. Cause, uh, you know, I'm a, I tend to go with the, you know, the, I, I tend to weigh heavily more, even if it's GPP or cash, the recent form and, and the course history. So I'm not as scientific as maybe, and everybody knows that listens to us as, as David is. But um, so you, I, I like what you said there. I, I'm good with that. Uh, so I'm gonna put you on the spot and ask you what your favorite tool or tools to use in the Roto Grinders research tools department. What what do you like to use there for uh, for PGA cash games in particular? Yeah, so uh, my first stop is always the uh, expert consensus rankings. Uh, I never, you know, feel like I'm smarter than anyone else in the industry. I always like to see what everyone else is doing. And, uh, you know, looking at those rankings are just really helpful to see, 
who are some of the other sharp minds that are on that week? Uh, if it's somebody that you know I haven't really looked into, I, I want to give a harder look at him just because make sure I'm not overlooking anybody. So I think uh, I think yeah, that's that's where I start. And then uh, if you like to build lineups and uh, you know do multi entry and that kind of thing, uh, lineup build is a really cool tool. Yeah, I love I like that tool a lot. Been using it a little here recently. Um, so it sounds like you kind of lean more of a balanced approach. So, you know, a lot of times we're talking studs and duds, uh, but in a cash game, you know, nine times out of 10 in a regular event, are you, are you looking more balanced? Like in the balances, as in like the true sense of the word, not how Pat would define it, but like <laughs> truly balanced. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, when I started playing, uh, you know, I would just stick in that eight to nine K range and just pick all my six guys there. But, uh, you know, I found, uh, even if you get all six through the cut, if you just have guys that are finishing, you know, in the bottom half of the field, uh, it's not really going to help you cash. So I always want to give my shot at picking the winner and then, uh, you know, surround him with some mid range guys and then, uh, take a shot on some of the cheaper guys. And then, uh, you know, I like to mix in the cheaper guys throughout my lineup. So I'll build a core. And then uh, I'll usually have one or two studs at the top, uh, you know, three or four value plays. And then uh, and then I'll mix in some of the cheaper guys that, you know, a little bit more, uh, you know, variance in their in their uh, in their results. So uh, that's what I've found work well for me. Um, yeah. What, what do you guys do? Oh, man, we just kind of wing it, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. Um, <laughs> I mean. I don't I don't know like I feel like um, obviously it does vary by week uh, I guess like nine times out of ten if if you like held a gun to my head I'm probably gonna lean to like a slightly more balanced approach in a cash game with with maybe my highest guy being in that you know ten thousand dollar like low tens maybe so if he's the fifth you know, I, I'll usually fade like the top four guys just just for just so I can I can have a stronger bottom end, but um, but I don't know, man. That's why we have you on the show because we we need we need real experts. Well, so, yeah, you know, so one I, of the, I'll oh, kind of interject yeah, a little bit here, and and I just think you know, probably for me, my first thought when I'm thinking of a cash game lineup is, all right, is this guy going to make the cut? And then and then I kind of you know sort of you know break it out from there. So if I'm looking at, you know, course history, if I'm looking at recent form, you know, how many cuts has this guy made this year? You know, has he made, you know, whatever, 10 out of 11 cuts. And and so when I'm looking at the cash game lineup, because that to me is the most important thing. If you're going to get six of six through in a cash game lineup, you're, you're, you're definitely, well, I wouldn't say definitely going to cash, but your, your chances are obviously very good. So to me, that's kind of just the first overall thought. And then I start bringing in, the research you know the stats uh course history the recent form and that kind of stuff so that that for me is how i approach a cash game but um again i mean everybody's got a different way of doing it well and and derek you kind of touched on something i was going to ask you my next question which is how many cash lineups do you usually play in a regular week but then how many core players do you have so based on how many lineups how many core guys do you try to stick to and then how many players do you do you typically have exposure to uh, for that week 
up to 70% off. That's right, at Court Furniture Clearance Center. Get up to 70% off new retail prices and choose from a wide variety of previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. All items are court certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Make the smart choice and visit one of our five locations in the DMV or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off. Yeah, so, I mean, golf, you know, it has a ton of variants. And so I'm usually a one-lineup kind of guy in other sports. But uh, when it comes to golf, I mean, even the most expensive guy in the field can miss the cut uh, at any point. You know, if you're talking about Mm -hmm. basketball, LeBron James isn't going to score zero fantasy points or something like that. So, I mean, I like to... I like to usually uh, build two different lineups for cash games each week. uh, And then I'll use a core of three and then I'll swap out the other three. So, uh, you know, it just depends week to week, but usually the three that I swap out are the the cheaper guys. And then, uh, and then, yeah, I go that way. I think uh, if you just stick with one lineup, I mean, even though it's the most uh, plus EV, you know, strategy over the long run. Uh, you know, we don't have that many PGA Tour events to play each year, and you know, there's nothing worse than having three of your guys miss the cut and having your weekend be over. You know, Friday yeah. night. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- that's that is literally the worst. That it, it's the best thing about PGA DFS, and it is the worst. Like the best thing is that Friday, you know, anticipation, the cut, sweat, the screaming in your office at work. Um, but the, the worst is when it goes bad and you don't even, you don't even care to look at your phone over the weekend. Um, all right. So one more question for me, then I'm going to let Pat get in a few here. Uh, as it pertains to the salary cap, what about, what about leaving money on the table? So we talked to Justin Van Zuden about the GPP strategy and obviously you need a little more, uh, you know, a little more, there's a lot more variability there too, as far as what, what it's going to take to actually cash. And so leaving money on the table there helps you differentiate, but in a cash game, you're not quite as concerned about that. So what is your, like, what's the, what's the dollar amount left on the table that makes Notorious go, eh, I think I need to change something up here. Yeah, so I'm a constant tinkerer with my lineups up until, you know, late late Wednesday night. I'm constantly tinkering. Anytime I have more than maybe $100 uh, left over in my cash game, I'm always thinking that I could find a better upgrade. Really? Uh, whether it's swapping two guys, whether it's swapping just one guy, I'm always just looking to constantly spend as much of the salary cap as I can. I know that's kind of strange because, you know, a lot of the – Sharper players don't mind leaving some money on the table, but when it comes to cash games, uh, I usually like to spend as much of it as possible. Uh, I mean, I guess it depends. I mean, in some of these smaller field events, like the WGC events, I don't mind leaving a little bit. Uh, But when there's 160 golfers in the field, I feel like um, there's enough different possible combinations that I I like to see all my options. Well, I, that that makes me feel good, and and I think a lot of the because I like to do that too in a cash game. I'm like, why you know, why not? I need six guys to make the cut. You know, odds are if I spend more of my money, I'm going to have guys making the cut. And you know, I think when you hear a lot of these these sharps um, talk about leaving leaving salary on the table, they're they're probably referring to a GPP contest. I mean, so I, I think that's good good for the listeners to hear that that someone like you has had success in cash games consistently, um, maximizes the salary cap, and it's a different approach. I mean, I would assume you probably don't treat a GPP that way, right? Yeah, definitely not. I mean, uh, the larger the field size, the more uh, money I'm willing to leave on the table. Just because, uh, you know, if you're spending 
you know all of your salary cap in uh, Millionaire Maker, odds are not only is your team going to be uh, a duplicate, uh, but it's probably not going to be the uh, optimal team that week. So uh, the higher, the more entries there are, the more I'm willing to uh, leave on the table. Uh, and yeah, it just it just depends. For cash games, I usually like to spend as much as I can. So let, let me ask you this, Derek. Um, one of the, I guess, I, you know, I have put, I guess, you know, cash lineups out there that I think I can remember one time. It was maybe just like a $5 or $10 double up in there, but it was the large double up and there was 2,500 people in it. And I finished first. And yeah, I was great. I was glad to double. But do you put a lot of your, you know, or any of your cash lineups into GPPs? Do you do you tend to do that or you just kind of leave it alone and you're just going to run cash and that's what you're going to do? Yeah, I always recommend putting your cash game lineup uh, in a tournament, uh, especially in golf, just because even if you're building a safe lineup, that doesn't mean all your guys can't finish inside the top 10, you know golf uh you know there's not a lot of consistency and upside i mean i think most golfers have the ability to post top tens or to win a golf tournament uh, and that's why they're on the pga tour you know so i mean i always throw my cash lineups in a gpp like you mentioned there's nothing worse than placing first in a double up uh <laughs> doing say you're in a ten dollar league and you get 20 back when you're in first of two thousand people there's nothing worse than that so yeah i always awesome. recommend it um the one time you hit, even if you hit, you know, once a year, it'll it'll pay it off. So I always like to to put at least uh, at least uh, some exposure in GPPs. Okay. Well, and Pat so, had, you know, Pat, you had the famous Masters lineup this past year too, where you, where you had you after Friday you would have been winning the Millie Maker, and you did not. Well, and that kind of brings up a, another question because that was a that was our listener league, which was you know fifty people. You know, so if you're in a if 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 Derek, you're in a fifty person you know field, do you consider that like a cash lineup, or do you consider that a tournament lineup? I mean, for me, it's it's more of a tournament lineup. But but I did not enter that lineup into the Millie Maker, and uh, I wish I had. But um, you know, how do you how do you kind of feel like a, a smaller field? Like if you're gonna you know you got fifteen people that your buddies that you're you're doing you know week to week contest. Do you kind of consider that to be like a a cash type strategy or are you going to use more of a gpp strategy for that so i'm actually going to ask you guys this same question because i'm in the uh fantasy golf world championship and uh you know it starts tomorrow at least oh, at the Lord. time we're recording so there's 30 of us left i need i need your guys advice what do i do here oh god are you serious man you're, you're putting that kind of heat <laughs> on us right now so yeah. uh the fantasy golf world championship so there's 30 of you guys you're starting with the tour championship and how many of you like advance, or what's the what's the deal? So this is the final round. It started uh, oh, with one twenty-five, oh. and so uh, yeah, right. final round. I'm gonna tell you, Derek. I got I got your answer here. Okay. So what you need to do is uh, you just need to go out and get you a dartboard and uh, <laughs> put all thirty players around the dartboard and just you know kind of throw <laughs> throw six darts out there. <laughs> and then that's that's how I would go ahead and pick your team for this week. If it, if it were me, at least two of those would miss the board, and, and then I'd have to. I'd probably have to make read. sure you hit the board. If you don't hit the board, take uh, I don't know Kevin Nah. <laughs> Kevin Nah. Uh, yeah, no, my advice would be all the Sean O'Hares because I just think that guy yeah. is going to be pretty low owned. But I hate him. So no, I'm just kidding. That is not my advice. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's one uh, of those. Uh, 
It's one of those things that like everyone's going to be overthinking it. So do you just play your optimal lineup and see what happens? Yeah, I don't know. I got some yeah, decisions to make. But it's, anyway. it's like it's like the thing where, I mean, because everybody in that's going to be sharp. And so, you know, like for, for us, we can come out and tell our listener, our average listener, hey, you know, a lot of people are on Daniel Berger this week. He seems to be the chalky play. And they can avoid, and if Burger busts or whatever, then that's great. If they if they overweight Burger, then that's great if he plays well. But for you, it's like okay, these all all these guys know what's up, and they're they're reading stuff, they're listening to stuff. We all kind of know the same information. So are we all gonna zig, thinking that everyone is zagging, or you, you know, it's like this weird psychology thing. So. I don't, I don't know, man. Like you're on your own with that one. I, I wish we could give you better advice. <laughs> I was hoping I, you guys would just give me the I, winning lineup, and then I'll well, I will say, I, I will, I will give you this one thing. I have gotten feedback from one uh, person who will remain nameless, uh, who is close to the tour, who feels like Jordan Spieth is going to win the tour championship by five shots. That's what I'll tell you. All right, I, that's see, that's that, what I'm looking for. That's, that's, what I'm looking for. that's all I know, man. Uh, yeah, I like I, I like the speed pick as well. He's he's probably my top guy this week. But um, yeah, if you look back on the history of this tournament, it's um, you don't always have you know the the top five in the world or the studs that win it. I mean, you had like Porschel, you had you know Bill Haas, you had you know just you know Sneds. Guys like that, so um, I don't know, you know. But I mean, we had Spieth last year, and, but it's uh, it's definitely an interesting tournament because I think these guys, a lot of them, you know, they're just happy to be, you know, in the top thirty. I mean, they want to win ten million. I mean, we know that, but um, so I don't know. It's it's kind of hard. That's that's why I think it's just hard picking lineups this week. But you know, you got thirty well, guys. So. We're pulling for you, man. Uh, I hope that uh, hope that works out. We'll be tracking that. Yeah, um, by the time this podcast is is live, it's probably going to be over. But uh, yeah, hey, don't forget hate to put to your a, lineup. Hate to get in. off topic. Don't, don't forget <laughs> yeah. to put your lineup in. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got. I got. I, believe me, I've uh, made about fifty adjustments already. So, I mean, how how much how much public shame would you go through in an event like that if, for some stupid reason, you forgot to put a lineup in? And that would just be oh. you. You would be banned. You should be banned from DraftKings if that happens. Yeah, for sure. And if that happened, my wife would be leading the shame charge too. She'd be all over me. <laughs> she, she loves to give me crap. So yeah, uh, well that's that's funny. So like, what's the what's the wife's take on on Notorious's uh, uh, basically gambling habit on DraftKings? Well, uh, you know she uh, <laughs> it pays the bills. Honey. Yeah, when we were dating, uh, it was it was a different story. But she loves it now. Uh, she plays as well. Um, oh, does she? And she w- she won't take my advice either. She she reads everyone else's advice and makes lineups. <laughs> and, then, and then when hers do better than mine, she 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 just loves it. So. That is classic. Yeah, she refuses to read my stuff. I love it. That's pretty funny. We got to watch out for her then, man. That's I know. that's good, man. My my wife has yeah. an account on DraftKings actually, and she she only did it because she thought it would be cute to make the DraftKings username that it was kind of like mine, and then she just barely plays. So mine um, could care less. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's could not it's could not care less, Pat. Yeah, if All she right, could so, care less, and that means she cares. So, 
So, Derek, what are your <laughs> you know your favorite cash games to play week to week? I mean, do you do you like the the smaller field double ups or fifty fifties or the the larger fields? I mean, what's your you know what's your kind of go to when you're starting to look at the week uh, as far as um, you know entries that you're going to make? Only Ellen, Michael Strahan. Plus, a little cruise ship dancer taking over social media. People were coming up to me and asking me for autographs. It was kind of awkward. But... Right, well, it's going to be more awkward now. Ellen, today at 3 on NBC4. Imagine moving into a new home and hearing scratching, screeching every night. Inside the walls, hundreds of bats. They just took over the house. I had no idea. Warning sign something could be lurking in your home. Today at 5 on NBC4. Well, I mean, for for smaller bankroll players, I think the best uh, cash games to play are the single entry uh, 50-50s, the ones that are, you know, 100 people or whatever it may be. Uh, I think those are the best uh, bang for your buck just because, you know, some of the sharps are only going to be able to put one lineup in there. But, uh, you know, in terms of me, you know, I uh, play pretty high volume, so I'm pretty much in every double up, triple up, uh, anything I can do uh, above the $10 level. I don't like to dip too far down but uh but yeah i mean i play pretty much everything i think uh i think a single entry double ups are my favorite though so along those lines you know if i'm a listener uh you know with a hundred dollars and i'm wanting to play every week and and have a little riding on the tournament you know how do you recommend i start beginning you know with this fall swing and and moving through the season as far as just bankroll management you know if we're just starting you know, let's let's take it after the tour championship this week, and we're starting the fall swing. You know, you've got a hundred dollars. You're you're wanting to play mostly cash. You know, what's what's your recommendation as far as you know, just the strategy with bankroll and everything going forward? Yeah, so I would maybe do uh, maybe sixty of the hundred and double ups and triple ups and fifty fifties. You know, the higher the the field size, the better. Uh, you don't want to get being a ten person one that you get stuck with some playing some of the top uh, players in the world. So I would do that. I'd play. I'd post maybe twenty one dollar head to heads. Um, I think head to heads are important because even if you have a you know down week, you're still going to get something back. Uh, you know, usually you're going to beat a few people. So I like doing that. And then uh, I'd probably do twenty of it towards GPPs. Um, you know, whether you want to do six of the three dollar GPPs or whatever it may be. Um, I think that'd be a good way to approach it. Um, a lot of people just like to chase the, the tournaments, and, and you know everyone likes that big, big prize pools. But um, it's not really sustainable over the long run. If you want to be around and you want to play every week for the rest of the season, uh, I think the majority of your bankroll should be in cash games. Awesome, man. Well, that is uh, that is fantastic stuff. We appreciate the conversation. We appreciate appreciate the uh, the advice, Derek, and and definitely appreciate the support, man. Thanks for being a listener. It means a lot to us. Um, so check out Derek at RG underscore Notorious. Also, RotoGrinders.com expert and contributor. You can see his rankings for PGA Weekly and other sports as well. Um, and he's also included in that expert consensus rank. So uh, check him out, and um, you know look him up on twitter give him a follow and uh hey thanks derek thanks for being on man we appreciate it yeah i really appreciate you guys having me uh you know it's checking some of my life boxes coming on this show so boom that's all that's what we're about <laughs> man we're about checking those boxes all well, right good luck this good luck this week derek man yeah, we're pulling yeah. for you buddy Tour Junkies podcast brought to you by Roto Grinders. Check it out, rotogrinders.com premium membership. And uh this has been the Cash Game Strategy Show. Good stuff. See ya! Oh!
is maybe the night that my dreams might let me know all the stars are closer all the stars are closer tell me what you gonna do to me confrontation ain't nothing new to me you could bring a bullet bring a sword bring a morgue but you can't bring the truth to me alexa play kendrick lamar and scissor okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.